is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Um, it's great to see everybody this morning. Um, a warm welcome to Jubilee Church Derby and Burton Family Church. And indeed, a very special welcome to you if you're joining us for the first time. But wherever you are, you're very welcome. And it's a pleasure to serve you this morning as I have the privilege of bringing God's word to you. And um, I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you uh, for leading us so well in worship, um, Caroline. That was, that was excellent. Uh, we're going to be carrying on with our series in Nehemiah this morning. Uh, last week, Rupert did an excellent job of sharing from chapter 8. And this morning, we're going to be looking at chapter 9 and 10, but in particular, chapter 9. Rupert spoke last week of the importance of the, of the Word of God in our lives. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the importance of confession and repentance. And uh, the chapters that I've got are fairly large. and We're not going to be able to, to read all of the scriptures this morning. However, we will look at portions uh, of chapter 9. So if you've got your Bibles with you, that'd be great if you can turn with me to uh, chapter 9 and we'll read through that and then we'll come back to um, the message. So um, it's Nehemiah chapter 9 and we're starting at verse 1. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. Those of the Israelite descent had separated themselves from all the foreigners. They stood in the places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession in worship the Lord their God. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you and you made a covenant with him to give to his descendants the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pelorites, the Jebusites and the Girgashites. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. But they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked and they did not obey your commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They, began, they became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. But they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law. They killed your prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back to you. They continued awful blasphemies. Excuse me. In all that has happened to us, you have remained righteous. You have acted faithfully while we acted wickedly. But see, we are slaves today, slaves in the land you gave our ancestors so they could eat its fruit 
and the other good things it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies, our cattle, as they please. We are in great distress. In view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, our priests are fixing their seals to it. There's just so much um, in these chapters, and it really doesn't do it justice just to read those portions, but if you do get time, I do really want to encourage you to read the rest of those two chapters. This may so this morning we're looking at confession and repentance, and this might not sound like the most exciting subject matter, but it is at the very heart of God's word and the gospel message. Many of uh, our senior citizens, um, I'm sure, will know uh, the following saying or proverb, which says, confession is good for the soul. This, of course, is very true. It liberates the soul if practiced sincerely and faithfully. But spiritual uh, confession is much more. So I thought it might be helpful to, for us to define it a little bit more clearly. So what is true biblical confession and repentance? Well, confession can be considered both in the negative and the positive sense. Neg negative in regards to sin, i.e. speaking out negative words, and positive in regards to affirming truth. It can also be public and it can be private. The biblical confession means to agree, acknowledge or to admit. It comes into alignment with what God defines as sin and we admit to it. Therefore, confession is an acknowledgement of sin and wrongdoing. And you can see this very clearly in Psalms uh, 32, where David uh, has written a psalm. And I, read, I believe it's centered around his sin when he sinned with Bathsheba. And he says in verse 5 the following, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? That even though he had sinned, he confessed and God forgave him. In the New Testament, in chapter, uh, sorry, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So that promise still stands today. When we confess our sins, the wrong in our lives, the faithful work of Christ on the cross is applied to our lives. Positive uh, confession is described as affirming something which is believed i.e. testifying to something that is known and witnessing to the truth which we have embraced. For instance, it may be regarding the character of God, God's goodness, God's faithfulness or blessing. We see a great deal of this in the Psalms. And we can see evidence of these scriptures also from our reading uh, today. In verse 5, the second part, it says, Blessed be your glorious name and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. There is positive confession there, affirmation there of God's goodness, 
kindness and love. So both confession and repentance are very closely linked. Let's now look uh, briefly at repentance. Repentance is called throughout the Bible. You can look in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and you will see it. It summons us to a personal and absolute ultimate condition, surrendering ourselves to God and knowing him as sovereign. Though it includes sorrow and regret, it's more than that. The biblical repentance involves a change of heart and purpose, and it inevitably results in a change in our behavior. In repenting, one makes a complete change of direction, a 180 degrees turn. It is a turning away from evil and turning toward God, a turning that goes beyond sorrow and contrition. Let's now turn to uh, our chapters 9 and 10 and just uh, have a, an overview of, of, of these two chapters. I thought it would be a good idea for me just to summarise it all and then pick out some key points from chapter chapter 9. So uh, I've divided chapter 9 into three sections. The first section is about the people of God recognising the gravity of their sin and the sins of their ancestors, which led to serious and earnest heart-searching for the people of Israel. And in these profound few verses at the beginning of the chapter, we see clearly a corporate heart of repentance. The second section concentrates on the Levites praying earnestly on behalf of the people. And within their, this lengthy prayer, they recall the historical events of their ancestors and mainly the failings of them to wholeheartedly uh, follow God. Their outright rebellion and sin in the midst of which God exercises immense patience mercy, faithfulness, and love towards his people. In verse 31, it says, But in your great mercy you did not put an end to them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. And then in the final section, it begins with verse 32, and it commences with the words, Now, therefore, our God, the great God, mighty and awesome, who keeps his covenant of love, in the light of this de declaration, they openly confessed and repented of their sins and the sins of their ancestors before God and one another. The sincerity of the confession and repentance is very clearly evidenced by their entering into a written covenant with God. This was a binding promise, a contract of sorts, and in no small matter in the sight of God. And then chapter 10 outlines the practical aspects of the details of the covenant they have made with God. They promise, their promise to cease to intermarry um, uh, and keep, separate, keep themselves separate from the religious people around them, to keep the Sabbath holy, to adhere to the law, and also cancelling the debts every seven years 
i.e. the year of Jubilee, giving to God the first fruits to, of their labor, as well as honoring God with the regular giving and the upkeeping of the temple. All this was above and on top of their regular tithes. This shows us that they meant business with God. As I've read through these chapters and this book, I have been absolutely astounded and humbled by the sheer love and faithfulness of God towards his people, despite their outright rebellion. We're not talking about just any old rebellion here. They had done some major things which could have caused God to destroy them, but God is so loving towards them. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, it tells us that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. If God was faithful then, he is faithful today. He doesn't change. How amazing and wonderful is that, that we have a God that we can trust and we can rely on, who is faithful and assures us that he is faithful always. Maybe you have had um, or felt that you've let God down. Take heart from these scriptures. There's nothing that you can do in your life that will cause God to shun you. God is full of mercy, full of grace, full of forgiveness. When we are willing to come before him, he is willing to forgive us. And this was no ordinary time in the history of Israel. It was a dark time for the people. They were scattered and subject to slavery. Their identity lost with little hope. And as a consequence, they were, they were scattered away from God. It was abysmal time for them. But God was at work and as always, he's at work. God was on the move. The city walls had been reestablished. The temple had been restored. Then God began to do something special. He was working out his purposes in the hearts of his people. Having restored the walls in the temple, he was now restoring the hearts of his people. It was a time resulting in a special movement of God, similar to a spiritual revival. God was at work within his people. And unlike the formal readings that we read in chapter, or rather shared with us from chapter eight, this was a different time, different in extent that they were now actually being touched by God and were mourning over their sins. This is seen in their action to fast and, wear the, and the wearing of sackcloth, having ashes sprinkled on their heads. It was a sign of deep uh, penance, grief, submission and humility before God, which then culminated in worship. We can only imagine the sorrow and the, and the sadness, the tears that followed uh, in their hearts and the joy that flowed in their hearts as they realized how great and awesome God was in his everlasting love towards them. They were destitute, no place to call their own without God. Now they had God and now they had hope. 
In the history of spiritual revival, such spontaneous movements of God in the lives of his people and their response to the word of God are well documented. The spirit of God takes over and the people spontaneously find themselves confessing and repenting under the power of the Holy Spirit and worshipping God in humility and joy. And that is what appears to be happening here in these verses. So after hearing the word of God and being moved by the Holy Spirit, the people were not content to go about their business as usual. They realized they needed to hear more and to get right with, with God more completely. And if it was important for them, it is important for us. So this morning, for all of us to know and to get right with God is so important. And if so, for some reason you are not, then there's no time like the present to come before a loving God and ask him for his forgiveness. Maybe this is the first time you've heard and been challenged to make peace with your maker, to get right with God. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the standards of God. The Bible also tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life eternal, forevermore with God in Christ Jesus. You see, Christ came and died on the cross for our sins, for the things that we did wrong. We are the ones who are guilty before God, but Christ took our place on the cross, bore the punishment for our sin. This is the gift that God offers us in Christ Jesus, the gift of eternal life, a relationship with him forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, all of us are presented with a choice. Will we continue with Christ or without him? Will you reject all he has done for you on the cross? Or will you embrace it and ask him for his forgiveness and his love? Will you surrender your life to him to follow him, to know him as your friend and saviour? You can do that right now by praying a simple prayer and asking him to come into your life and change your life. If you would like to do that, you can join me in a simple prayer, asking Jesus to forgive you and to change your life. I want you to take this opportunity and take time just to come before your maker, your God, and ask him to forgive you. So let's just bow our heads in prayer. You can follow me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. I now turn away from everything that I know that I have done wrong. Thank you that you died for me on the cross and that you have forgiven me and you have set me free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit 
and I receive your forgiveness and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Please come into my life, Holy Spirit, and help me to live for Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, then please do let us know via the chat area. You can click on that. You can click on the link that says uh, prayer or the click the salvation link uh, on the online ch um, church platform. And we'll be delighted to hear what God is doing in your life. And we'll be um, glad to, to just give you a guidance concerning the next steps and send you more information about the step that you've taken this morning. Maybe this morning you're a Christian and God has been speaking to you this morning. You're aware of the things in your life that you need to surrender to Christ and ask him for his forgiveness and his blessing. Maybe there are things you need to confess before God and turn away from. Or maybe you know you need help in, in, with something you really are struggling with. or something that you've prayed about and you've not been able to overcome, then whatever it is, this morning, we would love to stand and pray with you and help you through that. And again, you can click on the link in the chat area if you're online for, for prayer. Whatever is troubling you or causing you to feel unworthy, I encourage you to take opportunity and ask for prayer even now. God does not condemn you. He loves you and wants to forgive you. So often we can get tired and give up on, on, on life. But now's not the time to give up, but to go deeper into God, just like the people of Israel did. So often we can experience some blessings, yet we give up too early when God has much more to give us. In the passage we see that not all the people stayed after the feast. Some went back home and missed out. And so often we can miss out on what God has for us. And I want to encourage you this morning to stay on the course, to be resilient, to run the race with perseverance, with the help of God's Holy Spirit. Whatever you're struggling with, whether it's a lack of finance or are you in need of a job? Is it a relationship problem? Or you're facing loneliness, fear or guilt? Whatever the issue, God is able to help you in that and through that. Many of you who have been around a while uh, will know this well-known hymn. Uh, it's uh, a hymn that we used to sing quite a lot and I quite like. And I just really felt um, I wanted to share it with you. It's called Take It to the Lord in Prayer. And it goes like this, verse one, whatever, sorry, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege, sorry, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Verse two, have we trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. 
Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus know, knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Amazing hymn. And it's through the hearing the word of God, through confession, through repentance and obedience to the word of God that we are truly find peace and liberty in Christ. God was for the people of Israel. He wasn't against them. And he is for you and me today. I just want you to notice that there are so many verses in chapter 9 which makes mention of God being for his people Israel. In chapter, sorry, in verse 9, it says, you heard their cry at the Red Sea. In, in verse 11, you divided the sea before them, so they passed through it on dry ground. Verse 12, by the day you led them with, sorry, by day you led them with pillar of cloud and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the way they were to take. And then verse 13, verse 15, verse 17, but you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. In verse 19 and 23, and I can go on and on. There is so much in this chapter, all pointing to God, being a God who is ready, being pointing to a God who is ready to pardon us. So instead of keeping away from God under a sense of unworthiness, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Our God is a God who is ready to pardon, a God who loves us unconditionally. So what can we learn from these verses? I have four points I'd like us to consider and apply to our lives, all beginning with R. So the first one is read and listen to the word of God. It's vital, even imperative, that we read the word of God on a daily basis for ourselves, for many reasons that Rupert outlined last week to know and experience God, to know his will for our lives, to grow and mature in him, to allow him to speak into our lives and changes and many other reasons also. So question, how is God's word speaking into your life? Two, respond to the word in confession and repentance. We are all in need to respond to the word of God. What do I mean? If we are presented with a challenge by the Holy Spirit, then we need to respond to that challenge. For example, if the Holy Spirit challenges us about something or convicts us of something, then we need to respond to him and ask for his forgiveness and help to overcome. So question, how are you responding? To God's word. What's changing in your life? Three, rejoice, worship God for his truth, love and his forgiveness. We have, we have, we have to confess 
and repent of all those things that keep us away from God. And when we do, there is great relief and freedom. And we can know not only the forgiveness of God, but we are free from condemnation. And we can rejoice and begin to thank God for his goodness and his love for us. This is surely a great reason to worship God. And that's what the people of Israel did. They were forgiven. They were cleansed. They were free. And they worshiped God. Question. When was the last time you or I intentionally made time to be alone with God, to worship him and to thank him? Point four, remain in him and abide in him. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, we cannot truly live for Christ or, or can we, nor can we sustain uh, our Christian life in, without him. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to confess and repent on a daily basis. We need the Holy Spirit to bring freedom into our hearts and lives so that we can share with others the goodness that God has placed in our lives. Yes, we have been made righteous in Christ through his sacrifice on the cross. Amen. This is true. Praise God. And yes, we do praise God for this truth. However, we are still subject to temptation. And it is important to say here that temptation is not a sin, but it often can lead to sin. And if we fail to deal with it, especially if we fail to deal with it. I guess what I want to convey is that we, if we are abiding in Christ and allowing his word to dwell in us richly and changes, we are better placed to deal with sin as opposed to when we are distant from God, frail or open to the enemy's attack or because of the absence of God's word in our lives. In John chapter 15, verse 4, it says, and this is Christ speaking, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Sometimes God has to break down and shatter the walls we have built around ourselves in order to rebuild them anew. This is never a pleasant experience in order for us to be, and God does it in order for us to be where he wants us to be in him. We can become comfortable and secure where we are. Life can be good and we can get used to plodding along with God. But God deserves much more than that. And the question is, are we ready to give all of ourselves, all that we are, afresh to God, just like the people of Israel did on that day? If you felt challenged this morning about confession, about repentance, or you feel that you've been so blessed that you want to praise and worship God, I want to give opportunity for you to just acknowledge that and do that this morning. We were going to have a song and I was going to ask that for that to be played and us to, to just contemplate on, on what we've heard this morning. 
but that's not possible this morning. But we're going to give you the link to that song and we'll put it on Facebook so you can listen to that song and, it, and, and take just some time out just to sit before God and, and, and reach out to him and allow the Holy Spirit to touch you. Maybe this morning you're aware that you need to confess or repent. Maybe this morning your heart's full of praise and worship and you need to thank God. I want to give you that opportunity in a moment to do that. The gospel is good news. It brings freedom, offers hope to you this morning. So allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. I want to say that it's not about performance. It's not about contribution. It's all about our surrender. And I guess the question I ask myself I, and I ask you is, how are we doing in that area? How am I doing in that area? I just want to spend a few moments now just in silence. And I want to invite you to just be quiet and bow your head before God this morning. And just reach out to him where you are. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you need a breakthrough. Just bring your heart before God. Acknowledge him as your Lord. Ask him for strength and wisdom to live for him. Let's continue to be silent just for a few more minutes. Father, I want to thank you that when we confess that you gladly forgive. Thank you that you came and died at the cross to take away all of our burdens, all of our sicknesses, all that was against us, all that weighed us down. And Father, we lift our hearts heavenwards this morning and give all these things into your hands. And we bless you and we praise you for you are faithful God and your love is everlasting and yours forever and forever. Accept our prayers this morning. Allow your Holy Spirit to continue to work in our lives to bring glory to your great name. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And all the people said Amen. Thank you uh, for being with us this morning and uh, pray that God will bless you uh, in the coming days and weeks and hope you have a great day today. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Sunday morning.